Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and thank you for tuning in to the EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome Casey Harris, owner of Casey's Pizza and Subs in downtown Port Huron. Casey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. So today, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges that are facing the restaurant industry. And, you know, just for context, we're talking about post-pandemic. All of us are now back to some proximity of our normal lives, but we some things have changed, right? And so one of them is tight labor market and so on. So those are some of the things we're going to be talking about today. But specifically, your restaurant seems like it's adapted better than some others in the market. So we want to learn a little bit from you on what's working and what you're doing, what your secret sauce is. I think for most people, though, they, they know Casey's Pizza, they, they, that's the place to go in Port Huron, right? That's where everybody likes to go. So uh, building off of that name, why don't we just start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your history, and then how you came to become the owner of Casey's? For sure. Great question. Uh, a little about myself. I'm from, uh, I'm not from town here. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, where my father played professional hockey. And when he was done playing professional hockey, he opened up a restaurant. So I grew up eating at this restaurant since I was a kid. Slept many nights there because they worked late hours. They did it all themselves. So I grew up there eating their food, eventually made my way to Michigan, made my way to Port Huron via professional hockey as well. And then when I was done playing professional hockey, my job opportunity, which my degree was in uh, visual communications, which was a graphic design degree, my best opportunity was down in Troy, Michigan, but it was an internship and I already had two kids. So I was like, God, how do I support a family on an internship, driving an hour each way? trying to help my wife out as well. So we decided, why don't we do like my parents did and open a restaurant? And uh, because I missed a couple items, I missed the Italian sub and the breadsticks. So we opened the restaurant up in 2006, uh, which I can't believe it's been 16 years. Um, it's, that, that baffles me. But yes, uh, opened the restaurant up 16 years ago here in Port Huron and uh, just really have enjoyed doing it. And I know people say sometimes they don't enjoy their job, but I, I really do enjoy what I do. And you've built that restaurant up over those years to the point where it was really, really humming. It was a big success, right? And then the pandemic hits and all the rules change. Coming out of that pandemic, though, it seems like your restaurant's recovered quicker. Um, you have full staff, it appears, and you just like picked up the ball and kept running with it. So what's the secret to your success? We have a great staff. That's our secret. It makes my job easier day to day, makes my wife's job easier day to day uh, by hiring good people and hiring friends of the good people that we have working for us. It was not easy. Obviously, every restaurant got thrown that blowback uh, March 16th of 2020. And uh, we thought we were going to have a two-week cleaning break, which turned into 24 weeks of being shut down. But we made the adjustments. We stayed open, so we did the carryout. And then we made the adjustments to stay open and do the outdoor dining. And that's what brought a success with our staff. I was able to keep my kitchen staff going and supported them because some days the sales weren't great. Uh, but we supported them, kept them moving, kept them off the unemployment line. And then all of a sudden when we decided to do that outdoor dining where people would line up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon 
for a four o'clock opening to sit outside in the freezing cold with their jackets on under heaters and eat our food. Um, we had, te- I mean, my wife and I had tears in her eyes. Like it, I'm still emotional about it, but the staff wanted to work because the patrons were very appreciative of them working. So they got paid a little extra tips here and there. And, uh, it kept the staff motivated and working. So when we were able to reopen fully, I already had my staff in place and we actually grew our staff because of it, because we needed the staff because people are choosing us every day. There's only a few spots open in the county and we were just bombarded every day and we loved it. Like it was fun. It was a change, but I was able to keep my staff working. So when I went to reopen the doors with all the health department requirements, we were already fully staffed. So it, that was the help. Yeah, that, that made a huge difference. It also gave the patrons coming in the chance to really kind of latch on to what you were doing, what your your restaurants was all about, so that post-pandemic, once everybody started reopening, there were a lot of people that said, well, I'm going to go back to Casey's because, you know, they had a great time there. I didn't even know much about the place until, you know, we went there during the pandemic. So I guess that that's an advantage to be able to stay open during something like that. It was it was a huge help by it. Since there's only so many places open, people chose us, probably never even heard of us, but they were driving in from other areas of the state to come and see us, our drives. And sometimes we had to cut the line off at nine o'clock at night because I told the health department we would, and that these people didn't get in. So we give them a gift card to come back because they're driving up here. But by us being open, it was like advertisement for when we went to reopen. And right. then when we went to reopen, it was like on steroids because our regular customers that maybe were uncomfortable coming started coming back. And then all the people that were coming to us came with their friends and then it just kind of took off and our staff had to work. I mean, we worked hard and, uh, but like I said, it was almost an advertising by staying open. It was like a, a yeah, advertising right. tool. You're aware that some of your competitors out there in attempting to reopen have been having problems with staffing in particular, but you're not. So can you just talk a, a little bit about uh, what you've done to try to keep people motivated and employed during the difficult time and now that you're, you know, past those times? For sure. Uh, like I said, n- nothing was easy during that time. In every business, nothing was easy because everything, the rules changed often. Every two weeks, I think we got a, a, a speech about the rules changing. What was big for us is we kept it light. So we got into TikToks. We did more social media. We, we did a lot of things to, together at the restaurant. And it was almost like it was their escape because uh, you couldn't go do things. So restaurant working is where they could communicate and hang out with their friends. So what I did a little bit differently than probably some places did is you had to overpay a little bit. So you had to overpay a little bit for staff. And we also staffed a little extra heavy to make everybody's jobs around them a little bit easier. And then I think our key to our success is uh, I'm pretty hands-on there. I cook a lot and I, I do all the outside billing and all that kind of stuff, the ordering, the beer taking, like so I'm very hands-on there, and I think what the staff sees that I would never ask them to do something I wouldn't do myself. So if I ask them, hey, let's, let's go clean up this over there, I'm the first one to go and help them. So I think by me doing something and leading them, it makes them want to do it. And like I said, uh, just we have, a, we have a good group of people. Like I said, when somebody gets married, <laughs> we almost have to shut down for a night because out of the 100 staffers we have, 50 of them are going to go to that wedding because that's how you know, close of a group they are. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's interesting too. There's a lot of chances to running a restaurant today. Um, there have been a lot of supply chain issues. Uh, I remember um, talking to Mike Laporte in St. Clair, who has the Voyager restaurant there. And this was probably the latter stages of the pandemic. And he was talking about, 
he and his restaurant and a couple others in that area had gotten together to help each other out. And so one of them would go down to the farmer's market in Detroit and they would buy a bunch of bread or whatever it is that for all of, all three of the restaurants. And they were doing this sort of joint buying initiative as a way to save money. So um, how have supply chain challenges affected your restaurant and, and how have you adapted? The, yeah, the, the supply chain has been difficult. Early on, it was great. Those first couple of weeks, they were wholesale in the food. I mean, eight cents for an ounce of soup versus 44 cents. So early on, you were able to get whatever you wanted. And then during the pandemic, since there wasn't a whole lot of restaurants open, I was able to get what I needed. But then when everybody reopened, it became a little bit tougher. So on a typical day when I need to order food, we have three food trucks a week. It takes me about an hour to hour and 15 minutes to walk around the restaurant on my cell phone and inventory everything. And then I hit submit. And when I hit that submit button, right away, it tells me what's out of stock. And usually there's been, honestly, there's been one day in the last two years that it hasn't been something that's out of stock. One time in two years, I had no issues. Now, whether it showed up on the truck was a different story, but normally what happens then is I got to spend another 45 minutes on the phone with my food rep or in the building. And we try to solve the issue. What can we grab that's comparable in price? That's not too high, but doesn't lessen the quality of our food either. So but it's everything, whether it's paper or plastic, whether it's meat, cheese, it's, uh, it's everywhere. And every week it changes what's out. Like right currently we have a turkey shortage. Mm, yeah. Turkey at a store is usually $2 a pound. We're paying up to $8 a pound. And that's if we can get it. So that turkey sub that we're selling for 10 bucks, you're getting your money's worth. Believe me on that. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully we can get that turkey back down to $2 a pound, uh, soon. But like I said, it just, there has been major supply chain issues and, uh, they're, they're getting better. I'm, I'm with a great food company, so they, they help me solve the issue real quick every week. Yeah. So that's, I, I think, something that's so unpredictable for a business, right? You just have to be creative in how you adapt to those type of challenges. But I also think it's fair to say that that just comes with the, the nature of owning and operating a restaurant, isn't it? Yes. It's not just us uh, having the issues with supply chain and beer companies couldn't get the aluminum cans to put their beer in to get us the beer. So it's a nationwide problem. It's actually probably worldwide, to be honest, the, su- the supply chain. So eventually it's come back. I never thought coming out of the pandemic would take this long. I was thinking a year, but now we're into two years. So I assume they'll get people back in the factories, get people making the things again, and then it'll become easier for us. But I, I believe that they're getting that price for that cost of goods now and people are still buying it. I don't see the cost of goods going down too soon. Right. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's been difficult, but it's been difficult in all industries, not just the restaurants. And, and so speaking of that, there's a chance we're going to lose some restaurants in the region, in the state, nationally, because of all of these different problems. I mean, at some point, I think restaurant owners get tired, they get burnout, they get, you know, maybe even depressed. But, you know, there are solutions. I mean, you're, you're a testament and your restaurant is a testament to the fact that you can adapt, you can overcome some of those challenges. What are some words of advice that you might offer to some of your competitors out there to help them? Big word of advice would be just look at the trends. Look at the trends. What, what, what is your food supplier telling you? What are the big chains doing? The big chains spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to figure out what's going to be the next thing, whether it's computerized ordering or if it's you know, the QR code ordering, they spend all that money, then it finally trickles down to the mom and pop shops like me. But I would say to anybody out there, find out what the next trend's going to be and follow that trend, whether it's 
uh, smaller things on your menu that your staff can sell, that your kitchen can make efficiently, whether it's five items versus 50 items. That way it makes it a little bit easier on your staff. So if your staff has a little bit easier time and they enjoy what they're doing, they're going to be happier and it's going to make the restaurant more successful. It's going to make that business owner not be burnt out because believe me, if you need to get out of there a little bit to enjoy yourself because what's the sense of working if you're not enjoying life? Yeah, and, and that was actually going to be my last question for today is we haven't really talked much about you or your family or even your extended family being the employees in the restaurant. So what keeps you going every day, coming in the door, putting in all that work, dealing with all those problems, and then going home and feeling good at the end of the day? One of the biggest things I feel that makes me feel good is that being a we're a large employer in town, so um, we have 100 and this summer we had 106 employees. Uh, most of those employees consider this their job. So for me to be busy, to be able to give them, to make them have a living in this town and spend their money in this town makes me feel good at the end of the day. Uh, and for me personally, I have a couple kids that are in school, you know, in college, be able to pay their tuition so they can see what brings it to them in the future makes me feel good as well. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I think my my biggest thing that I feel best about is the staff having a life outside of Casey's, and I'm and 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 the money that they're making there helps them in their life. That that's what makes me proud the most. When everybody's working so hard in the restaurant, do do they find time to have some fun too? Yes, uh, we like I said, we overstaff. We have a lot of people on staff, so whatever time they need off, we make sure they have off. So if they want that Tuesday afternoon off to go play golf, they have it off. So I carry a large staff to try to give everybody time off they needed. And then the other staff, if they want more time, they simply just come in the office, knock, you know, come in, hey, I'd like to pick up more hours. And I grant it to them because if anybody comes in and wants more hours, please take them. (laughs) I'd be glad to go home and relax for a little bit if you want to take my spot for the afternoon. So, but uh, I do, I do have a great staff and we owe our, I literally, from the bottom of my heart, we owe our success to our staff. Last question: What what is uh, what does the future hold for the restaurant and yourself? Uh, we we have improvements being made. So right now we're doing some cosmetic improvements, but we uh, we, we partner with the city on the, our plaza project. Um, so we're we're gaining some more customers that are going down there to see the plaza, that are coming into town to see that plaza, see our name, maybe associate our name with our restaurant. So we're seeing a little bit of that. We do a lot at the McLaren Hospital with their their food program. So mm-hmm. we branched out that way. Obviously, there's only so much time in the day to do these projects, but as of right now, uh, uh, we are growing a lot of technology stuff going into it. So uh, the future of restaurants will be a lot of technology. So we're just trying to stay on top of that with the trends of how to take an order, uh, how to get people to know about you. So we we spent a lot of time and um, I was never a meeting guy, but I became a meeting guy since COVID uh, just to learn what I need to do to make the restaurant grow. Well, congratulations on all of your success. And I know it's it's based on hard work, right, and planning and so forth, but you also care about your employees a lot. And I'm sure that's a big part of it. Yeah. The employees, employees are king. Yeah. The employees are king at our restaurant. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. For those of you who live outside of our area, be sure to check out Casey's Pizza. It's one of the go-to places in the region. I can vouch for that myself. Um, and you will definitely not be disappointed. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again for the next Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.